There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hello, good ID Tenty listener. This is the ID Tenty podcast number 1095. Say, what are you up to out there in the ID Tenty community? Let's check in with the corkboard. The virtual corkboard. It's a corkboard that's invisible. Um, but you can send us your thing at events at id10t.com. Like Mike, who writes, My name is Mike Shantz, and my best friend Tom Stewart and I have made a thing. It's a podcast called the Everything Sequel Podcast, which is dedicated to the most difficult of movies to get right, the sequel. Amen, sir. We rank sequels in a series, or rank the single sequels from each calendar year, declare each movie as good or bad, hash each sequel out, and then pitch a final sequel for the audience to vote on. We're having a blast, and we'd love people to give us a listen. Thank you. Brilliant idea, Mike, because the sequel is very difficult to get right. Right? Because you make a first of a movie, and then accidentally a lot of things become amazing, and then how much do you lean into those things and milk them for the sequel? It just... Or, or, or make it too engineered, or have to retcon a bunch of stuff, like explain a bunch of things in the sequel. You know, I mean... It always, it's it's a tough thing. It's a tough thing to to capture magic twice. And then the the third part of the series is a whole other. The third third movie, you actually, if a sequel sucks, you actually have some room for the third movie to be good, right? Because then then people are coming from a place of low expectations. But it is not an easy thing to achieve. So great job uh, on the podcast. And uh, hopefully we can send some listeners your way. This episode is Corey Taylor from Slipknot, who is uh, it's a great dude. I mean, he was on four years ago. I feel like it was four years ago because I'm pretty sure he came to the At Midnight stages. And so that probably would have been, you know, like four years ago. And uh, we had a terrific chat. And this time we had a terrific chat because he's just a really nice, open, honest dude. And so we uh, we talk a lot about a growth and 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 the process of trying new things and going in new directions cuz Corey has a solo album that's out now called CMFT and it is available October 2nd which is a couple days from the posting of this podcast and was sort of a different direction for him and he, and we we sort of talk about like oh yeah you know Slipknot is its own thing and then I had stuff I wanted to do but just as me and so you know during quarantine he just said fuck it I'm just going to do it and so he did he recorded this album that he'd been working on for a long time and there is actually uh, an acoustic performance of one of the tracks on this album, Highway 666, which is at the end of the podcast. So stick around, uh, stick around for that. But just thanks to Corey for just being a nice dude and a really terrific guest. So this is the ID10T podcast number 1095 with Mr. Corey Taylor. Let's roll the thing. Initiating ID10T protocol.
you doing? I'm good, man. How you doing? Oh, it's good to see you again. Me too, man. Oh, it's been a minute. It ha- Well, you know, it it seems like it's just been a minute. It's been years. I know. It was like four years ago. <laughs> I, I know, but there are things that happen in like January that feel like they were. Well, ago. you know what? You're not. You're not wrong on that. I can't. I can't fault your logic. <laughs> time it, time is, is feels very elastic right now. So. Dude, this is the weirdest time I think I've ever experienced, like, through all, like, all my years, even when I was a kid. Like, I mean, this is just fucking bananas, man. Yeah, it, it is strange because it, this is one of those things, and, and you have, I know you have, you have three kids, right? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, are, are they looking to you and going, dude, what the fuck? And you're like, I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> it's, it's insane, dude. Like, Got my it. son is about to turn 18 and is he's in Iowa. I haven't seen him in months because of this lockdown. So I'm like freaking out. Like we talk every day, but it's like, he's just, he's just not even bothered. Like, he's just like, whatever. It's fine. It's, and I'm just like, you're a maniac. Are you serious? Like, (laughs) I mean, I mean what it, again, just because of the, just because of the elastic nature of time, it feels like, it's I can't believe it's already September. And then also again, it just feels like we've been in this for years. Like so yeah. I, I just can't yeah. I can't fully I think it'll be one of those things that we won't really be able to process until it's retrospectively. Hindsight, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, but there's so much in this last not just this year, but this last four years that we're gonna have to figure out that is I mean there's no way for us to process everything that has gone on, will go on. Like, it's just, it's, it's, and we've, we've reached that precipice where nobody, nobody knows what's going on, but then again, nobody trusts what's being told to them. And unless you see it, you have reason for doubt. And it's, which is crazy. Well, and what a perfect time to release an album. Yeah, I know, right? The perfect time for me to tell people it's amazing and then either people blindly believe it. Well, I mean, listen, it you know, the truth of the matter is, even though I make jokes about it, I guarantee you there are people who are like, oh my, thank God there's a thing. You know, like you're putting something out there that's going to hopefully kind of help people deal and distract people. It's something right. for them, you know, something for your fans to look forward to. It's something for you to right. be able to distract yourself with for a minute and kind of, how I feel about, about the you know, Snyder cut. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it is, it, you know, it, it, it will be really interesting to see all of the art that follows all right. of, you know, this chaos that we've been experiencing True. in the past six months. I don't understand why so many people have put off working to be honest, like going, like doing stuff, putting stuff. I, now movies I get movies, I get shows. I get obviously like massive productions and stuff, but I mean, d- dude, we didn't record this last year. We recorded this like four months ago, you know, oh, like nice. we recorded this in the quarantine. Like we were originally going to do this in January yeah, of, of next year. Uh-huh. And when 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 all of my travel plans went away, I you know was sitting at home and I was just like, well, sh- shit, dude, let's just do it now, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You might as well. What else? You, I, but I, I find that it's been. Was the album pretty much? 
how do you work? Is it done before you go into the studio or do you have a bunch of solid ideas and then you just kind of like plow through them as you're recording and go, let's do this, let's try this, let's try that? Well, the I mean, it's a little a little bit of the, of the latter, but more the former, to be yeah. honest. Uh, I, I am a guy who I'm constantly writing. Like, I'm, I'm constantly, I, at, at any given moment, I have probably about 10 songs that I'm working on at a time, you oh, know, man. like, and really honing in. And it's, it's usually when I, you know, I'm done with one that I turn my focus to another. So these songs were written over the course of 20, almost like maybe even more 20 years. And so this is stuff I've been sitting on, you know, and I knew that if I was going to do a solo album, it was going to be stuff like this, like stuff that I write for me basically. And maybe people don't necessarily hear it, you know, it's because it's just, it's stuff that doesn't fit with either of my other bands. Yeah. But then again, that's the perfect reason to do a solo project is to give people stuff that don't fit with the the normal narrative and really kind of fill in some pieces to the musical puzzle, at least for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, it's just good that you've been able to be creative. Like I, I found it really hard to be creative I would have thought, oh, I have all this time. I'll write all this comedy. And it's like, right. I'm not really writing very much. I don't really, you know, so it makes sense to hear you say like, oh, this has been, I've been kind of like squirreling these away for 20 years. Right. And now this was the time that they were ready to bear the the fruit. Right. Yeah. Now, do you, let me ask you this. Do sure. you find it, do you work better on a deadline? Yes. Do you like, do you work like, and, and do your ideas feel better when you're pushed to be creative? Like, yeah, I, I, I feel like I'm that way sometimes too. Well, I know when I have shows coming up that in my mind, there's a goal and right. I have to like, I'm just not good at, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the kind of, I'm not, a, I'm not great at going, Oh, I have, you know, like whatever, six, well, probably a year before I'll do stand up again to be right. honest. and uh roughly and so i don't go i'm gonna write so much in a year i just go i probably won't have a show until you know well into next (laughs) year yeah (laughs) yeah i was i was a write the essay the night before kind of a guy exactly yeah the 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 pressure of it just kind of like lit lit the fires inside and then i'm not second guessing because i don't have time and i feel like I feel like kind of motivated by the anxiety of it. Right, and when right. I have all the time in the world, I'm just like, eh, I don't know what I want to write about. I don't know. Yeah. So you, you're, yeah, I'm just like that too. So I, I feel you on that. Yeah, but you put out a lot, like you do a lot of stuff though. Like you, you yeah, have but a lot of it. A, a lot of it is me going, I've got this idea. And then somebody goes, Oh, okay, let's, let's put it out. And then I just kind of sit, you know, quietly and yeah. then all of a sudden, somebody's like, okay, we need that in two weeks. And I'm like, oh, shit. And I finish it, you know. I've done – all my books were like that. Like, I started my books ostensibly probably six months prior. And then I get an email from my editor, and he's just like, you know, your deadline is in a month. And I say, oh, shit. And then I write six <laughs> chapters in one month that may be the most rambling weirdness you know oh that's so funny yeah i i feel like i've kind of done my last couple comedy specials that way where it's like (laughs) you know i've been working on stuff for a while and they go okay you're recording this in like a month like oh fuck 
Yeah. And when I look back, you know, I always go, oh, God, I wish I had spent more time developing that one thing. Right. And I didn't. But then here I am again, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure it's fine. I'll just, it'll you know, be. It'll work know, out. I now, see, songs, like I look at songs like bits, actually, because there's certain songs that, in retrospect, I've gone, man, I could have I could have tried this when we recorded it. Maybe if we'd done right. it live, we could have added these couple things, because then we do it live, you know. But with bits, it's harder, because we come back to songs. Bits live in that moment. And then you're constantly, so it's a harder, I mean, it's yeah. so much harder for you. Do you find yourself coming back to, to bits that worked in the past and maybe reworking them with different things in different mm-hmm. directions? Or? I find there are recurring themes. And then there are things where I go, shit, I already did this in a special. Here's right. a great add-on or a great reworking of that bit, but I can't do it. It's like, it's- Because you, it's frozen in time. It's frozen. And that's what's, you know, that, like, that's the thing that I'm so envious about with music is that people want to hear- Yeah, they want to hear the They get upset if they don't hear. You, if, you, if you do old jokes, people are like, fuck you. I, why am I paying to see old jokes? I already fucking right. saw this, you piece of shit. And so it's, you know, because- Stand-up is like, uh, comedy is like a magic trick. And once people right. see the reveal, they're like, yeah, I've already seen that one, man. Fucking right. do another one. Yeah. And, but with music, it's like, take me on the journey. And, and I'm curious to hear your take on, because you say, look, you know, you, you have reimaginings of songs. What the expectation is when you're playing a show to like, hey, I want to try this in a different way. Do you feel like fans are like, no, no, man, fucking play it the way I know it. Or are they like, oh, are they along for the ride when you when you as an artist kind of need to express something in a new way. That's interesting. Um, There's been a couple of times where I've done not only, especially my acoustic shows, I've done uh, like, you know, broken down versions of certain songs and certain songs, they lend themselves to it. But then there are other songs that I've done almost complete reimaginings. Like uh, I have a bluesy version of 30, 3150 that I used that I used to do in my acoustic set that almost had like a Gene Genie kind of vibe to it. Uh-huh. Like Gene Genie kind of like uh, Johnny Cash vibe. And I noticed that people either loved it or or were just, you know, I don't want to say put off by it, but they were just kind of like kind of foldy army, just kind of yeah. like, I'd see what you see what you're trying to do, but I'm not going to bite, you know, like it was kind of like that, you know, (laughs) the cool thing is, is that I have, um, the reverse of that is I have a a full band version of bother that I do every once in a while that is actually really, really cool and it impacts. And it's like, it takes it out of that kind of acoustic realm and and into like a full ensemble piece. So, so I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's weird when, I know I'm one of those dicks who just wants to hear the song the way it is, you know, however, (laughs) I can definitely appreciate uh, a different take that has the kind of same soul to it. You know, like it's, it's, it's weird. It's a tricky, it's like, it's gotta be done just right. You know, you got to thread that fucking needle or it's garbage on either side. You You just never, I think you just never know because it, it, you know, as a, as someone who has been to a lot of concerts, I change my mind. Like sometimes I feel like, oh, I, you know, because there, there, as an audience member in a show, there is a little bit of like, oh, I'm, um, I'm sort of in control of this experience. I'm paying to sort of see, 
you know, the the puppet show of this thing that is so impactful to me. And then other times you're like, no, you go, you, you know, express something new. And you go, what a great reimagining. But I couldn't tell you what my emotional rules are for either one. It just, it's just kind of in the moment. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And maybe that's the thing. Maybe it depends on a person's mood that day. Maybe it depends on what's going on, if they're even open to it, because certain people are, you know, I don't believe that everyone is one way or another. I think it depends on how you, when you catch them, yeah. you know, I, I think most people want to be more open-minded, you know, obviously, but then you get somebody on the wrong day and they're just, you know, the steel trap comes down and they don't want to fucking hear about you from Adam, you know? Right. So it's like, which like, I don't know, man. I just, it, it's almost like you just kind of have to go for it and see what happens. Well, if it's authentic to you and it's something that you, that is really important to you, then I think, yeah, then I think it's worth taking the swing, you know, because that's, I think, as long as people can sort of read that authenticity, I think they're, they'll be forgiving, even if they're like, oh, I didn't really necessarily think I wanted to hear the song that way, but I appreciate what he's doing and I like this guy and I'm going to, so I'm going to, I'm going to go along with it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so it's, Yeah. I just kind of, I guess it's up to the, the night, you know? And and so with the album, what's the plan? Are you playing anywhere? Like, is this, like what's the... What's I mean, I, I'm working on it. Let's put it that way. I'm trying to figure out, again, I mean, trying to figure out what the fuck's going to happen. But, I mean, I think maybe even earlier this time next year, uh, we'll, we'll be back. I'll be back on the road. I, I think I honestly think that by the beginning, at least spring or summer of next year, like we'll be fully like back on it. They're already experimenting with social distancing, quarantine shows and whatnot. That that festival in the UK was actually very, very similar to something that I was going to that was thinking about doing and was pitched to me by some people here in Vegas to do a show kind of like that. Like the last Basically, yeah, they're in the uh, they're basically in the bike racks, you know, yeah. just kind of hanging out. Like everybody's got their own VIP section, yeah. which yeah. you can tell is very appealing to most people, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I I think that's going to be this the the bridge that kind of gets us back to there. Yeah. I don't think the drive-in shows are the way because there's no reaction. You know, drive-in shows they they work for movies or live streams. They don't necessarily work in a live setup because, and I've talked to comedians who have, who've done some of that and they're like, the laughs are in the car. You can't hear anything. You, can't you, can't hear anything. you just hear people, it's like, people like honk or flash their lights. Right, exactly. It's like, what are we, Sturgis? What the hell's happening here? But what, but what you need, like what you need, like what an audience really needs to do is come together as like a singular organism for a night, you know, for an hour and a half or two hours or whatever it is. And that's really hard to do. People are in cars because then it really is almost like, it's almost like they're watching it kind of on YouTube in a way, right? Their own isolated experience. I love a drive-in movie as much as anybody, but when it's drive-in Broadway, I'm not really sure. (laughs) Drive-in Broadway. (laughs) I don't know if that works or not. You know, that's a fucking great. That's at least a sketch. But if it's not a sketch, then it's it's either that or I give it two hours and it's a band name. You know, like people. Broadway. <laughs> hey, we're driving Broadway from uh, Peoria, Illinois. <laughs> what do they? What do they? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and they just do like they just do like speed metal versions of Broadway songs. Yeah, totally. You know, just. Like, <laughs> my fair lady. And- Memory, all alone in the moon. You have any cats fans out there? You like fucking cats? You love cats, dude. I love cats. <laughs> that's a fucking great. That is a great oh, idea. That would be a great bit. That'd be a great like. Just- Listen, when you're touring, if if you want to drop in. A couple of Broadway covers. Oh, I'm in. I'll totally go for it. Metal style. But you know, I it, it's what what's really inspiring about what you're doing is that I can understand. I'm guessing it's probably pretty safe when you, when you have like an existing. We have an existing band, you know. It's like oh, I've been right. playing with you're in a couple bands, but you're playing this one band for so long, and you're so identifiable with it, and it's so. There is a bit of a safety zone, I imagine, because it's like. It's not. It's you, but it's also a, a right. thing. Right. There's an umbrella effect. There's an umbrella, really, yeah. like a, you know. I hate to use the word brand, but it is kind of like the the branding of what like Slipknot. Oh no, is. you're absolutely you're absolutely right. And there's a and like you said, I mean, not only there's safety, but there's a comfort in it. You know where yeah. you, nine times out of ten, if it's not if it's not something incredibly different, there's there's a danger that you can coast. In in those they be, just be the fact that you have this history of music, and you can touch on things that feel familiar, and yet might not be pushing the envelope like you wanted to in the past. You know, so I mean, luckily with Slipknot, we don't ex- we really try not to do that at all. We really try to do different things, and maybe that's why for me, doing something like this just feels like second nature is because I'm always, always trying to not only keep the audience guessing, but keep them pulled in, you know, and keep them engaged and really show them that I still care about what I'm trying to do, you know? So for me, I I guess it's really about just not being, not being nervous so much about doing something like this, but being excited, you know? I mean, I've, I've never done anything that I, I didn't want to do, at least at first, mm-hmm. you know, like, as my wife says, I'll try anything twice, you know, <laughs> just make, make sure I really don't like that. Let's you double know? check yeah. on that. Yeah. Like, you know, you know what? I'm going to do, do metal cast one little... more time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I tried it twice. I tried it yeah. twice. Okay. I can totally say no. I can but say um, no. when it comes to this, it's like, this is stuff that, you know, most of my friends know, like, this is the this, this style of stuff that I just love playing. Like, we all love playing just together. And, you know, it, it really has the sense of the acoustic shows and the cover shows that I've done in the past. You know, it's it's celebratory. It's not it's not anything trying to take itself too seriously. It's supposed to be – it's a fun album. It's, it's oh, good. a good time. And good. I think because of that, that juxtaposition works – because I'm not trying to cash in on the Slipknot brand or the Stone Sour brand. It's a much more different flavor, you know? Yeah. But I'm, I'm because I feel like, I feel like it was just in the last week or so, but Rob Zombie had posted something on Instagram, like, Oh, there was, it was some sort of a date of, Oh, this is the date where, you know, I released Hellbilly Deluxe and I had stepped out of right. White Zombie and I was, you know, I know it was something he felt like he had to do, but I know I'm sure he was also nervous about it because, right, again, right. you know, when you're in a band, you're kind of in a thing, and then you step out as a solo artist, and it's like, hey, guys, it's me. Right. 
hope you like me. There's but, no one to hide behind. Yeah. But but I but it sounds like after everything you said, like, oh yeah, but this is this is so like this the idea of this, the concept of this is so already in your wheelhouse and your fans right. already understand this about you. And I think probably one of the things what they love about you, it's like, oh yeah, Corey does a lot of different shit. He's not just He's not just one thing. He's a bunch of different things. Right, right. And it's, and it's the reasons why I do them. Yeah. You know, it's because I want to do them. You know, it's like I, I, you know, I, don't, I don't write books or, you know, work on screenplays or I'm in movies. Like, I don't do any of that stuff just because I can. It's because I have genuine interest there that, that I love, you know. Like, and, then, and, so, and that's the same with music you know the type of music that i make and i've said this since day one is the stuff that i want to hear and i want to make and then i'd share that with the audience i don't necessarily make it for them i make it for me first and then i share it with the audience so anything i put out there i've already backed 100 percent. you know now in retrospect there's certain stuff that i've gone back and listened to and i've gone you know what i could have done that a little better i could have tried this a little better well, that's just because you evolved you, you exactly it, that's absolutely true so for me because of that when people and my audience knows that when they hear something they know it's where i'm coming from like 100 percent, right. and they know that that i'm not going to lie to them that i'm just going to just going to lay it down straight and give it to them yeah, and I think that is also because of the relationship that you've built with them. They understand that about you. Right, and right. I think that's part of probably what the fandom is, is like, you know, what's Corey going to do next? Like, is it right, right. going to be a book? Is it going to be a movie? Is it going to be this? There's obviously that group of, of the, the metal side that just wants me to growl and scream all the time. And then there's the, the, the Stone Sour side where they just want me to do acoustic stuff all the time, you know, right. and, you know, pour my heart out. But there's that middle ground that I've always tried to cover where it's 70s and 80s glam. It's, it's, there's some country in there. There's jazz. There's, you know, old school, you know, rap rock from the East Coast, like New York City stuff, you know. So there's like all these different things that I'm really trying to kind of, you know, fill in the blanks with. And that's new territory for me. I don't know how pe- – I mean, but everybody's really digging. I mean, we just dropped – Highway 666 today, which oh, is, nice. yeah, Congratulations. yeah. It's, uh, and that one, dude, that's a song to drive fast to. Like, it's a really good, like, it's a stomper, you know? And uh, that sounds completely different from the two releases, you know? So it's really setting the stage for people to go, well, what the hell is this album going to sound like? And the only thing I can say is rock. That's yeah. all I can say. It's a rock album. Now, that may mean every flavor of rock but it's a rock album nonetheless, you know? Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. 
Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Yeah, and I and it seems to me that what, what you're describing, it took you all the years and all the other stuff you were doing to be able to present this kind like this would have probably been a tough first album for you to release oh yeah yeah if i hadn't done everything for 20 years yeah man i i mean that's i think one of the reasons why it made sense to do it now you know if i'd have done this 10 years ago it wouldn't have had the same importance for me it wouldn't have it wouldn't have felt right now you know 10 years ago i'd actually thought about doing a solo thing but again it was in the it was in i i made i created a band to do it with and then i basically didn't even put my name on it it was just junk beer kidnap band and i just kind of hid in that i was like well what's the point of doing a solo thing if all you did was start another band right <laughs> and then that luck i mean it it you know kind of fell by the wayside and whatnot and it was fun while i was doing it but that's why I didn't do this then is because it just, it wasn't time, you know? Yeah. But you're also, you're able to pull from every discipline, every experience, everything that you've learned up, up to this point. Right. Right. And be able to just like aim that at this, at this project. And that, and that to me sounds really fun. It's sort of one of the fun things about sort of like, you know, getting, a, you know, like starting to get a little bit older as an artist where it's like, okay, now I got some time and experience and some technical this and some, you know, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to, this is sort of like a retrospective of everything I've learned up to right now. Right, right. And it's also a reflection of the influences that maybe you've never shared before, you know, because with, with Slipknot and Stone Sour, you're kind of trying to push a different, like a new thing, you know, like really trying to kind of, you know, present things that hopefully people haven't heard before. But with this, this is actually more about, and maybe that's the, the point that I've hit in my career where I'm sharing more of the stuff that I grew up listening to, you know, yeah. the stuff that I was really into. Cause I, I noticed that with Frank Zappa when he did Joe's garage, there was such a doo-wop vibe to it that, and it was, you know, well into his career. That was actually, and it was after he, he'd done all the prog weirdness and uh, <laughs> you know, he was getting into that stuff that Joe's garage, I think is one of my favorite songs they ever did that. That album is ridiculous, you know? So maybe that's where I'm at, where I'm at this, this point where I'm sharing some of the stuff that kind of got me through my teenage years, my early years. And, and, and that led me to wanting to write stuff, you know? And I think also this time, because at the time when Frank was doing all that stuff, it's not like there were all these different outlets that knew what to do with it, you know? And and when we look back, we go, Oh, you can't put Frank in a box. He was Frank. Like he was just Frank Zappa. He was his own genre <laughs> but now because you have a direct because of the internet you know like you can have a direct relationship i mean rob, rob rob and i talk about this all the time where i say like it's so crazy it's not like you know it's not like a ton of radio stations play rob zombie songs yet he, on his touring cycle he's his touring gets bigger and bigger every right. year and yeah. it's like he has more of a direct connection to his audience and that kind of old conventional uh, you know, uh, content delivery system is definitely, you know, it's, it's very antiquated. Absolutely. It's very antiquated. So it's great that you are able, we live in a time where you are able to try whatever you want and know, like, 
you know, there's not going to be some label executive going, well, I don't know how we're going to get this out to anybody. It's right. like, no, I can just put it out and I have a direct connection to my fans. Yeah. And it's, that's, that's been the thing that it's been a really weird learning curve over the years, you know, especially for me with so many projects, you know, and you, when you deal with people who just can't get their mind out of that old system, you know, yeah. trying to explain that to people and, and look for and thank God for my management. My management is so forward thinking and so always looking for the, the next way, the next thing to really, you know, try and connect and kind of wade through all that stuff, trying to explain that to someone who can't, you know, set the clock in their car yeah. is like, it's like trying to explain math to an almond. It's like, there's no way what you're saying is going to get through because they can't, they don't even really understand what the internet is, let alone how to utilize it. And really, you know, between social media and, and streaming and all of that stuff. I and mean, that's stuff that I, I'm just now starting to really kind of relate to and understand, you know, and it's, t- it's taken years. It's really taken a long time to really understand the effect and watch the algorithms and all this weird stuff. And you just pray that people dig your stuff and you're just like, like I don't even know what, what the hell, a t- who put the tick in the talk? I don't know what the hell's going on. Well, that's the thing is that you can't, and, and that's all the stuff that you can't control. So all you can do right. is just be true to what you want to say. And then, and sometimes, you know, like it may not, even if, I, I had this really long, I had this conversation on the podcast recently with this um, musician named Molly Tuttle. And we were talking about Fleetwood Mac, Mac and Tusk. And right. how when it came out, everyone pretty much was like, what the fuck is this? And now they look back and they go, my God, what an, inc- what an innovative genius. Right. genius thing they did with a hard right turn after rumors. And so it just, it just took some time for society to catch up. So you can't control any of that stuff. So right. all you can do is make what you want to make. And then, at the end of your life, they'll look back and go, oh my God, look, Corey did those some amazing stuff. Look at all these right. things he tried. Yeah, yeah. And that's all you can, that's all you really can hope for, you know? I've always said the success is is surprising to everyone, including the person who was successful, you know? Because <laughs> nine times out of 10, you're just kind of doing stuff to see if people dig it. And then all of a sudden, poof, everything blows up. You know, I'm sure Lady Gaga was that way. But I don't know if she really understood that she was going to become so iconic, you know, it's something that when you're in that moment, you're thinking about it, you're like, Oh, it could be cool. But then to get to the point where you can't go anywhere, right. You know, that level of fame, people don't expect that. And when they, when you don't expect that you're not prepared for it and it just throws you into this craziness, you know, so success is, you know, it, it all t- comes down to what you think is like success means too, you know? So for me, it's just, you know, getting songs out there and having people dig them and using these different tools and whatnot has been, it's been interesting, you know, especially when it comes to putting myself out there and really having people realize all of the things that I've done in my career and maybe people who've never heard of me before going, Oh shit. And then they do a deep dive into my background and really check out the things that I've done and then it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where will I be ready when something like that happens, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, if you get six, if you get that kind of like mega crazy 
you know, one of the most famous people in the world's success at a young age, right. that's got to fuck with you. It has to. You know, when, when you've lived a little bit longer and you kind of understand, like, not, not that I'm saying that there, I'm sure there isn't, you know, the dangers of a kind of an ego trap or being taken right. advantage of by people right. who just want to, you know, siphon off your success. But I, I think if you're a little bit older, you 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 just have a little more of a perspective on it that you where you might go, okay, yeah, this is cool. Maybe doesn't mean everything right. in the world. Because I really think the most success, the best success you can ever ask for is like, you know, do I, am I able to do the things I want to do? And do I not have to do anything to survive? Right. Do not have to compromise anything in order to survive. Right. And if you can, if you can do those things, you know, if you can, then I think that's success. You get to do what you want to do. And, you know, like the metric of how much money, how many albums, how many people it's like, right. oh, I don't know. Does that, does that matter? Like, isn't it really like, are you happy what you do, what you're doing? Are you right. happy with what you're doing? You know, the, the, when I realized that money doesn't equal quality, I think that was when I really stopped worrying about money. You know, I, I mean, I make a good living, but obviously I'm not, you know, like I'm not rolling in it, you know, but I, I can pay my bills and my kids are fed, clothed, and they have college funds if they want to go to college. Yeah. That's all I really ever wanted, you know, like my, my want for material things is so small when it, you know, in relation to people who hunger for money and the things that they think make them feel bigger than they are. Yeah. That it's almost good that, you know, I, I, I found a, a level of success that I wanted, you know, where it's like, I get to do whatever I want really. And I'm, but I'm also, I don't have people camped outside my house. I'm not like followed by hordes of, of shitty camera people, you know, like I can live my life and I can also pay my bills and I get to make music. So I'm fine with where I'm at, you know, like I'm, I'm all set. I don't need any more bullshit, you know? And, you know, for people who are people who look to you and they go, wow, you know, I really want to do, I really want to do that. I want to do what Corey does. You know, I think the idea of saying like, yeah, find who you are, like be the best version of you. So what have you learned about becoming the best version of you that you could kind of advise people who are starting on their path now, like here's how you kind of discover who you are. Some of it's just right. an experience, but do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it, it's different for everybody, but the thing that I've really realized is that the more you can know, not only who you are, but who you want to be, the 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 stronger your base can be when things go off the fucking you know the rails you know i've had a handful of times in my life where i've struggled with addiction i've struggled with you know um depression uh just dealing with things like that it has been easier because i know who i am what i've been through but i also know who i want to be you know, it's the people who don't have an identity that can't focus on one to work 
towards, you know? And I, I think that's one of the things that's not really pushed out there, you know? Like there's a lot of people who are listless in their life and they, and they feel kind of pulled in certain different directions and they don't understand things. And I think the reason that they can't find the, uh, the you know, a place of, of peace and gravity is because they've never really let themselves figure out who they are. Right. And once they do that, that gives you that core, that gives you that foundation and almost like a touchstone to kind of come back to. And, you know, so when things do get fucking crazy, it's, it's easier to go. It's like, you know what, this isn't something I would do. This isn't something I believe in. This isn't something I would engage in. We all have crazy times in our life that, you know, we look back on and we're, we're either like, well, that was nuts. Or we go, I can't believe I fucking lived through that, you know? But if we have a center in our life and we know who we want to be, we don't want to live in the past. Then we look back on that as a memory and not something that might happen again, you know? So it's, it just comes, I guess, I guess it just comes down to that, you know, self-realization is, is probably the strongest, you know, trait anyone could have, you know, and it's but a lifelong journey. It's like, it is man. And it's, and I think it's harder now because there's so many distractions. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Jesus Christ, we're all cats with laser pointers, just <laughs> fucking, I mean, <laughs> it's just <laughs> end it with meow, 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 meow. <laughs> I, I often, you know, like think it's good for people to, for people to go, fuck, I don't know what I want to do. And I don't know. It's like, you know what? It's all in your head. Fucking write it down. Just right. write out who, who you are, what is important to you, what you want, and what resources do you think you possess today to take any sort of incremental step toward those things. Or like, or, you know, a good question is the hypothetical game where people go, oh, I don't think I could ever do that. And you go, okay, fine. What, but what if, what if you pretended that you were the type of person that could? What would that person do? And sometimes taking it out of your own first-person perspective can help solidify and give you kind of the right vantage point to start processing some of those things, putting down some of those ideas and thinking about right. it that way. Right. Yeah. That's good. That's a good point. Um, and maybe that's the thing. Maybe it's not even just trying to figure out who you are. It's just like finding out what your ideal is. Right. You know, and, and then just kind of working towards that. And maybe one of those day, one of those days, the ideal becomes the reality. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, at least if it's, you know, if you look back at the 20 years of work you've, you've done and, you know, and I, someone said to, you know, Corey Taylor 20 years ago, all right, in 20 years, you're going to release this solo album and it's going to be the culmination of all this stuff, but you got to go through all this stuff to get there. You might be like, I don't know if I feel like doing all, I mean, you know, it, it's just like, you really do have to, you know, and as, you know, as someone who's been in recovery from drinking for 17 years, Right. The, the day at a time thing really does have value to it. Like, and it's not yeah. just about addiction. It's like, even now, especially, you know, in a pandemic, just do what you can get through what you can accomplish in a day. Right. Try right. not to take too much of the past on, try not to be too bogged down by the future. Who knows, you know, like just go easy on yourself, you know? Right. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, I mean, I can't. I can't agree with you more. I mean, it's, I would absolutely embrace it. I, I feel like my younger self would, would embrace it. Like 20 years ago at the very beginning, like in 99, when we were really taken off with Slipknot. Yeah. I feel like my younger self would have understood that. It's like, oh, you're going to go through some shit. I'd be like, okay, well, I mean, I've been through shit before this, you know? So it's, I guess maybe it's like putting it in, in perspective would, would actually even would have helped me deal with like, well, I like told myself I was going to go through this. Let's just fucking hunker down, you know, but I, I feel like, you know, I, I've never had any regrets in my life, you know, like I really haven't. There's, there's things I maybe wish I wish I'd have thought through a little better, you know, like there's a couple of marriages I wish I'd, thought of through a little better, but um, I don't regret anything because I'm here. I'm, I'm exactly where I need to be. And I went through all that stuff to get here, you know? So for me, yeah, I think that'd be an easy, easy talk, you know, because I could lay it out and knowing me, my, my thought process isn't much different now than it was back then. I was just a little, fucking crazier but right i feel like i could have like my younger self would have processed it and been like all right i'll just i'll wear better shoes (laughs) 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 all right i'll stretch okay i'll stretch i'll stretch out the hammies i'll you know i'll i'll I'll, you know we'll focus on my calcium intake strengthen these bones (laughs) i know i have a hard out with you so i have 25 minutes left so i just i would love to talk some horror uh, okay, and kind of. Oh, by the way, I sent. Uh, of course, you know, Rob knew who this guy was, but I, I found, I stumbled across this video on the obscure media subreddit a few few weeks back of this dude called uh, Screaming Lord Such. Do you know who he is? Oh yeah, yeah, dude. I had no. It was like, oh, this guy, this guy's performing this song called Jack the Ripper in front of a, a late sixties. A group of kind of like buttoned up British teenagers who do not know what to make of it. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, is this guy the original horror rocker? And he's yeah. basically just like screaming into the microphone about Jack the Ripper. It's, um, I don't know anything. I didn't know much about him. I don't know much about him personally or anything about him. 
But Rob goes, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I know all about that guy, you know. Yeah. It's like he said him and then another dude uh, called uh, Screaming Jay Hawkins, who I also – Yeah, know. Screaming – he, uh, he was a blues player. Um, Screaming Lord Such, I want to say was from Europe. Yeah, he, I think uh, he was a British guy. He was a yeah, British, he was a British guy. And I met – we met him on one of our – I think I was – I want to say it was our second tour of Europe. He came to one of our Slipknot shows. Oh, wow. And, uh, so, this, yeah, he was still – he was still alive. I, I don't know if he's still alive now or he's passed away, but he uh, he came down and we were, like, blown away. We were like, holy shit. I mean, it's really, really cool, you know? It was uh, – yeah, he's he's fucking amazing, dude. You want to talk about way ahead of his time? Yeah, they just the yeah. audience literally did not know what to make of him, and it and to to understand the context of like, oh, I think people are seeing this kind of thing. You know, they're just they don't they they just don't even have the. It's sort of like watching Marty McFly play. Uh, you oh, know, be good. Yeah, so it's gotta be good. They like. They just don't have the frame of reference for it yet. Right. You know, I guess you guys just aren't ready for that, but your kids are going to love it. You know, yeah, exactly. It's like that kind of thing. <laughs> but the, the the sort of the weaving of of, of horror and, and music and rock, is it is it, do you think some of it's the aesthetic or is it just sort of like that kind of like raw, emotional, adrenalized um, uh, thing, that quality that like a really good horror movie has? Is it just that kind of raw emotion? What What do you think the connections are? Uh, I mean, I think it's that, um, I, I think a lot of it comes down to, especially for kids, like teenagers, it comes down to it being cool, cool to watch, cool to look at. Um, you know, the, the, especially the people who are too cool for school, like trying to pass off, like they're not getting the shit scared out of them. Right. And then all of a sudden you look over and they've got the pillow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, lo- I used to love that. Um, I-, I think it comes down to, you know, does it look cool? Does it look real? Does it look like, is it gory enough? Like it's, I, I think one of the things that's always kept um, horror in, especially in the metal crowd was the fact that it mirrored our own sense of not I isolation but just being like, almost like uh that that social pariah status you know like we were obviously not list- listening to top 40 and you know most fucking horror movies weren't being nominated for you know oscars and shit with the exception of american werewolf in london you know right. so it it's it, you know I, I think there was just like that kindred spirit that naturally attracted me and my friends to it obviously and it was just, you know, at the time, horror movies were fucking dope, dude. Like, they were so cool, you know? I wanted to be a lost boy more than anything else in the fucking planet. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of a tough, you know, it's like, I, my wife and I watched that movie again recently. And, you know, with the exception of the, uh, ama- you know, that amazing saxophone concert that everyone goes to see on the beach. You know how teenage kids love to go see muscle dudes play the saxophone. Tim Capella, you know, fucking ahead of time, dude. I'm telling <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, I guess you guys are ready for that, but your kids are going to love it. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> Could you imagine if we'd done that? Oh, oh that would have been amazing. <laughs> but, you know, we're watching that, you know, we're watching Jason Patrick's character, and my wife and I are like, Wait, so why doesn't he want to be a vampire? Like, neither one of us could right. understand right. 
like what like what was so what was so bad about you know it's like hey he gets to be young for you know like they i mean yeah they you know yes they have to hunt you know sometimes but right. you know it, it it actually was like oh yeah i don't know it see it seems kind of fun yeah the yeah it was yeah, I, I'd have been, I'd have gone full on. I would have been just, just thinking about it, dude. You, you get cooler clothes, you get a better motorcycle. Jamie Gertz could be your chick. I mean, you wow. get to, you, 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 you hang from your toes to sleep. Right. Yeah. Totally. Oh my God. I just realized Alex Winter is in that. I got to watch the Bill and Ted. <laughs> totally. I got to watch Bill and Ted, the new Bill oh, and Ted movie. Yeah. I haven't seen Face the Music yet. So I got to, I got to see that. That, that. that is joyful to think that just out of the pure passion and love uh, that that movie was able to get made, like a third right. Bill and Ted movie was able to get made. Yeah. And, I, and I, from the and review, I love I that think, they came together to do it, man. Like that's, oh, it's so rad. I know they've been talking about it for a long time, but it just felt like, oh, is this ever going to happen? And, right. you know, Alex had come on the podcast over the years and he'd go, you know, I talk to Reeves about it all the time and he's in if we can find the right. So I'm just glad they did. Yeah. Are you yeah. are you looking to uh direct any more horror stuff or do you like do you want to direct like what do you want to do you want to make horror stuff? I mean, I've I've written I've I've got a, a handful of scripts I'm actually shopping right now. Um that uh I don't I don't know if I want to direct to be honest because a I've never I've never directed anything in my life and I don't know if I'm a Clive Barker who can just walk in and be like, "Okay, this is what I want to see." And you know, it's like yeah. I, I write visually, but at the same time, it's not my passion. My passion is in the writing of it and then seeing it kind of put up there. If I had the right director to kind of shadow and, you know, and maybe kind of like hands-on produce with it, I don't know, maybe. But, yeah, it's just never been something that was my wheelhouse, you know. It was never my, like, intention to become a director. Yeah, it is. Uh, I... I... I've often thought about it and, but every time I watch a horror movie and we're, my wife and I are pretty forgiving because we know that it's very hard to make a movie, particularly in right. horror where the, a lot of the budgets are low and they have constraints. So it's like, right. well, they couldn't show this one kill because they didn't have the effects or they didn't right. have the budget. Maybe they lost light that day, you know, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. And so, but because we watch so much stuff, it's almost put me off from one indirect because I go, well, I don't, I feel like every idea I have, I've go, Oh no, I've seen that. Oh no, no, but that's like this thing. Oh no, no, but that's like that. And you know, I, it's, it's such a delicate balance with horror to like, you know, original idea, original presentation of an idea, original new presentation of, of old tropes or old ideas, right? Right. The right amount of action. There's this new trend in horror now, which is called elevated horror. And I feel like what that means is, it's very well acted. It's very beautifully shot, but nothing happens really for like an hour and 20 minutes. Oh yeah. The Val the last 20 minutes, yeah. <laughs> then it all like, and then it, then you kind of go, well, uh, I hope that justified the first hour and 20 minutes that right, we watched. Right. Otherwise it was just long. <laughs> I feel like that's when it works, it, it, it really works. Like hereditary works right. like that, which I loved, but I can't, there's certain movies I can't watch again because I was so fucking uncomfortable watching it the first time. Like me and my wife were like laying in bed. This was the middle of the afternoon, by the way. And she was like, she's like, let's watch a horror movie. Have you seen Hereditary yet? I was like, no. And we put it on, dude. And we were just 
slowly but surely leaning forward like and it's on the tv so we're just lurching up in the bed going what the hell's happening what the fuck is happening like it was to the point where then the absolute beautiful payoff at the end where you're just yeah i mean I'm, that that movie isn't is and uh, that one's about two hours long i think it's almost ugh. two hours long and the first hour is just like you just feel so uncomfortable watching this family process these tragic things right. that have befallen them and they're yeah. just screaming and crying and most of it and you just it's it almost feels like being at your friend's house and watching their parents get in a terrible fight and you just feel that like yeah i don't think i should and yet be there your ride home and you can't like you're stuck. You're just and like, then all of a sudden before they take you home some weird supernatural demonic thing on right, right. And, totally <laughs> <laughs> now we gotta get in the car what the fuck oh. Oh. dude can you drop me off your dad just lit himself on fire do you yeah, mind dude, uh, just, i mean and he's still on fire yeah so i gotta get home it uh, doesn't seem to be affecting him and that's really off-putting <laughs> i wish are, are you keeping track of all that my wife and i watch some of the stuff and I, I always forget to write down the good ones you know uh, I uh, well, it's so far, it's so few, far in between. But at the same time, it, it depends. They're all fun, though, you know. Yeah, exactly. So it's like there's the good ones, and then there's the good bad ones. Right. So you just find a way, and trust me, I've been in a, a couple of bad, bad ones that are just no <laughs> fucking fun whatsoever. <laughs> and it's it's the old adage that's that Seinfeld said. He's like, you watch a bad movie, it's two hours. You're in a bad movie, that's two years. Yeah. yeah. And you're just like, oh. I was like, you're right. You're absolutely right. But you never know. And I think that's sort of the agreement that horror fans have to the genre, which is, right. you know, listen, it's in a way, it's almost, it almost feels like going to a great flea market where you're going right. to just rifle through stuff some of it's going to work for you. Some of it's not, but it's all kind of fun to look through anyway. Exactly. And if you walk out with nothing, it was still a good, like a good experience. You still know? a good experience. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Because it's, you know, I mean, I, I find that we, I find that we're actually running out. We've run out of stuff, you know, every day we're checking shutter and we're checking, you know, the different platforms, like anything new, anything new. We just want to watch something right, new. Right. And now I feel like we've gotten to a point where, it's like we're we're just spoiled consumers. We're just like more, right? We need yeah. Because <laughs> I can't I can't watch. I have a real hard time watching like real, like um, realism. I have a hard time watching real dramas because I'm like those. I feel very sad. Those make me feel right. sad because right, those right, things right. happen. I need the layer of separation with horror so that yeah, I can totally kind of deal with it. You, you, it's almost like we need it. It, it needs to be a. I mean, that's the whole point of going to a movie is to get lost in it, right? It's like, I don't want this to feel that close to home, you know? Right, so like, right. I'm like, I'm like, why would I want to go see a fucking movie that could happen to me? Screw yeah. that. I want to see, <laughs> give me Marvel movies where it's like, I know this is bullshit. That's why I'm here. Yeah, I don't need real drama. The world is dramatic. Like, I don't need sucks it. right now. Why the hell? Yeah. No, I don't need a dissertation on some shit that might happen. No, I don't need you know, that. At, at this point, if like a bunch of vampires swooped in, people would be like, yeah, that tracks. That tracks for 2020. Right, yeah, vampires. Totally. Yeah, who what had vampires? Hats? What who color hats vampires? are they wearing? Yeah. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, are you pretty much, are you going anywhere? Are you able to, 
kind of do you go outside your house at all? Like, are you able to? Yeah, I mean, distance? <laughs> I mean, uh, the thrill of my life is uh, every four days taking my my five year old back to her mom's house, you know, yeah. and then her getting dropped back off. But we, you know, I mean, we go out, we do stuff. Um, not a lot, I, you know. It's usually just running errands and stuff, but. Yeah. Um, I've uh, I've been to California and back a couple of times uh, for work, um, like you know, just kind of you know doing some press stuff and some setup. Um, I haven't flown in months, dude. It's yeah, been, I know me too. Been crazy, yeah. I'd, I'd, I was telling somebody the other day, I was like, this is the longest I've been off the road in twenty years, and I'm. It's, it's like there's a part of me that loves it, but then there's that part of me. It's just like. Yeah, but you, hey, listen, asshole, you can't do anything. It's right. like, it's just like, this isn't the vacation you wanted. It's like, it's like if you took a, a cruise to the Bahamas and then never got off the boat, you know, right. you stayed in your goddamn room. And you're just like, <laughs> there oh, it is. Time. Wave, look at the, the little porthole. Wave to yeah, it. you can see it. Like you can smell the salt. Like it's, it's like, we're there. It's like, we're there. <laughs> well, don't underestimate, by the way, the effect that when you start touring again, it might take a minute to get back into that momentum. Oh, it's going to yeah. kick your ass a little bit. You're like, how the fuck did I do this for 20 years? Dude, I, you know what? And the funny thing is like, I've been thinking about that. It's like, I'm like, how do I get back into the swing of like, I mean, cause to me though, I'm looking at it almost in a, in a weird way where there's like, like I feel for like the last maybe decade or so, maybe longer. I've been take like, I've been taking for granted Mm-hmm. A lot of the places that I get to go and see and do. It wasn't until I met my wife and and we uh, we got married and then she you know came out and, and saw some of the world with me, where I was like, she's having a great time. What the hell is wrong with her? You know, I'm like, oh, wait. <laughs> oh, she's experiencing the world. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, what is this? What is this joy that you seem to be just wearing on your face? And I'm like, oh yeah, we're here together. Like we're doing fun stuff. So it's almost like she kind of retaught me to enjoy and, and really embrace what I do and what I get to do and what I get to see, you know? So I'm thinking maybe when the time comes, I won't feel as cynical mm-hmm. as I used to. I'll really, it'll almost be like experiencing touring again for the first time you know but this time might watch you openly weep on stage the first show because it's just like the just that experience like oh my god i didn't know if we were gonna be able to do this right 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 (laughs) and the whole audience will have to have a good cry yeah everybody's gonna hug each other it's like be like that that scene in the stand where they get they have the the get together at least in the book for the first time and it's like five minutes of just thunderous applause and everybody bawling and <laughs> yeah you'll 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 appreciate it you definitely will appreciate it and that's oh, that, yeah that's, that's, I'm, I'm looking forward to it um uh, i know you have a hard out in a couple of minutes is there anything else you want to cover before we wrap it out um that's a good question uh no, I mean, the album comes out August, uh, October 2nd. Um, yeah, album's out October 2nd. We're going to, uh, we just dropped Highway 666. Um, you can check that out on all the streaming sites and uh, 
it's up if you've pre-ordered on like iTunes and stuff. It's it, it's an it automatic. I think this goes up September 29th. I think this will go up. A couple okay, the so right when this comes out, um, another tune will drop. Uh, actually, uh, called Culture Head, which is a little heavier, a little sludgier, mm-hmm. uh, a little more like uh, Allison Chains meets SOD kind of vibe. Okay, it's pretty rad. Um, and it's you know uh, it yeah I, I think yeah people will really really dig it. Um, um, and uh, I am working on something possibly, uh, possibly a live thing. So, but that's all I can say about it right now because I have not been cleared to say anything. More. I totally understand. No, I totally understand. <laughs> and, and listen, you know, if that thing happens to be uh, dr- driving Broadway with the first song, <laughs> Speed Cats, when you guys do Speed Cats, Dude, when we do speed cats, I'm gonna be the fastest cat on that on that stage. I'm gonna be in full rum tum tiger outfit. You know, he's a curious cat. <laughs> I'm even just picturing it. It's amazing. <laughs> just me, like fully, just like like Tom Cruise running in a, in a rum tum tiger outfit. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. The flat hands. This guy. This guy. This guy. It's that. It's that like. I'm aerodynamic. I'm aerodynamic. Robert Patrick, like T1000. Right. That's exactly the car. Where he's just just going for no expression, just just (laughs) determination. I feel like just how we're plowing through 2020. Yeah. Oh yeah. Get us out. Just hurry up. (laughs) (laughs) You know, sometimes some of the best ideas come from bits and being sarcastic. You're like. Hey, we were being sarcastic, but this might actually be a good idea. So, just, you know, Corey, just sit with it, and just and and the other thing is just let me know how I can be a part of it. That's oh, all absolutely. I want to know. Dude, you're the first one I'm calling, man. I, on. I really appreciate that, <laughs> man. It's it's really good to see you. I'm so happy you're doing well and hanging Thanks, in there, and I'm so excited that you were able to kind of just pull the shit together and go fuck let's just do this now and get it done in time i think people are really going to appreciate it and you know again it just shows that you're true to who you are and you have a great respectful relationship with your fans and that's that's you know like what more could you possibly ask for right (laughs) well thanks man i appreciate it and like you know like i said it's it's good to see you it's been way too goddamn long so let's let's do this again I would love to. Hang in there, man. Congratulations on the album. It's so good to see you. And I hope it's not another four years. Yeah, no joke. (laughs) All right. Oh, man. I'll talk to you later, dude. The end. One, two, three, four. I was standing on now way 666 when the devil ran me down.
stories and fables that would capture your imagination and you couldn't wait to see how they would unfold and now when you read them as an adult you think some of these old tales could use a fresh spin we have a perfect podcast to bring you the stories you remember remix and reimagine for the kids in your life today Join me, DJ Fuse, and my trusty turntable, Baby Scratch, as we spin up new tales in the new kids and family podcast, Once Upon a Beat. Wondry and Tinkercast are bringing you a jam-packed, music-filled weekly party where hip-hop and fables meet. It's Once Upon a Beat. Follow Once Upon a Beat on the Wondry app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Once Upon a Beat early and ad-free right now by joining Wondry Plus in the Wondry app or Wondry Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. Once Upon a Beat. (laughs) 